Hey guys, it's Andrea. Welcome back to Trekkie and Beyond. This season is all about season four of Star Trek Discovery. Are you ready to discover Discovery with us again? If so, let's fly. Hello and welcome to Trekkie and Beyond, a Star Trek podcast. I'm Anika. And I'm Andrea. And welcome to the season review of season four of Star Trek Discovery. It was a season. Yes, it was. <laughs> We've had a lot of ups and downs in this ep- in this season. And uh, with the DMA, with Book, with Michael, with so many of our favorite Discovery crew. And we're going to discuss our favorite moments, our favorite memories, and our worst episodes, and everything in between, all in this episode. And as always on our season reviews and reactions, we always have a guest host with us. And today we have Richard. Say hello and introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Richard, and I started watching Star Trek as a child. Um, my grandparents used to watch it, and I watched it um, growing up, and I started loving all the, uh, I love the uh, chess game when they start playing the uh, um, 4D chess, and it just interests me. And then when they would go on the missions and use the communicators, and when they would beam up. And then, you know, we started going to the malls and he had the sliding glass doors and you would go, oh, man, everything we see in Star Trek, you know, and then when the cell phones came out, you're like, wow, everything's happening. And now we even have the, you know, the wristwatch that does everything. So it's just been a part of my life growing up and um, watching the shows as they um, when I got older, I really liked the uh, ones with uh, uh, Data and Picard, you know. Um, in the generations and so it was just moving on throughout the show which really uh, I went to the movies to see it I loved hearing the the sounds and watching uh, Spock show up in almost every every type of um, Star Trek there was and so that's what brings me here today so I'm just excited that uh, you ladies are having me on and this is just a great opportunity for us to expand the audience for this show, which I think really is one of the best shows on television. Sorry, go ahead, Monica. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Mr. Richard. And I agree with you. I mean, that's, it was with the few episodes of the original series with the flip phone that made me start to to think about that with the communicator at that time. Um, And then like the tablet um, and now we have tablets are standards and AI and so forth like that. So yeah, I'm right on board with you. Futuristic tech, I'm all with it. Super here for it. (laughs) So before we get down into our favorite moments and uh, or least favorite moments or whatever we're going to discuss in this episode, um, because your guess is as good as mine, let's talk about our season reactions overall. Like what overall did we think about season four of Discovery? Monica, would you like to kick us off? So although it's not my favorite season of Discovery, for me, season one of Discovery is my favorite with Lorca. Uh, I love the representation in Discovery. I love it, love it, love it. I miss Georgia, but that's a story for another time. because <laughs> She wasn't in the season. Um, but I really think that they've mastered the artistry and sci-fi design. They've really mastered the prosthetics, the costumes, futuristic tech, the scenes, all of that is beautiful. I cannot think of another science fiction show that is 
as beautiful as this. There's concerns I have with the story itself. <laughs> There's some plot holes there. But overall, I love to watch it, to watch it and not take it as seriously as sometimes I do in this podcast. But I love to watch it. And I think this whole season was about Michael's challenge as a captain to prove that she could make sacrifices. What about you, Richard? What do you think about the season? Well, I'm, I I loved it. And it wasn't my favorite because my favorite is number two, season two. But this one is, again, like um, seeing Michael's growth from where where she um, was to now, you know, the, in the last two, it was all, this is basically like book part one and book part two, you know, in the show. And so for me, the, I, what I love was the way they um, would intro the show with the action. It would come right on. You'd have to be sitting in your seat paying attention because the show would come right on before they even get to the whole graphics with everything coming on. So they would bring you right in and, what I uh, didn't like is I, I like having like more of the um, traditional where the captain speaks first and tells you the star date. They only did that one time in um, like episode four, you know, but it was, but I, but I really liked the graphics, um, you know, because I used to uh, do uh, some graphic drawing. And so seeing how they draw out the ships when it's coming on, when they're doing the intro, and from the different angles, you know, the the real techie side of me, like, wow, that's awesome. You know, seeing the scale of the ships from the different angles, how, what it would look like from this point of view. And then when they show it in the movie, it's like you're right there. And, you you know, so it's like all that tracks and it, make, and it makes it great. But then there were more <laughs> action, um, action scenes that were great in the drama. And so we're going to get into that. But, but oh, there were some great acting scenes you know, that I really liked. But overall, I, it, it made me want to see what's going to be the next step. It made me it made me want to see more. Wow, such positive answers for the both of you guys. All right, as we all know, I'm dead inside. So I already did not like this season. And so I'm actually very happy it's over. I know this was a growth season and maybe it's like, I don't like filler it seemed more like a filler season for me. Like we had to have Michael grow. And so there was a lot that had to happen to get her there, but necessarily like y'all didn't have to do everything I did in the season to make Michael grow. Like y'all didn't have to kill off an entire planet to make, make her grow. Like <laughs> you didn't have to like almost kill book to make her grow. Like there was, I felt like there was other ways she could have proven herself um, than like, this entire another mystery um I felt like if this was more like a season one type of thing where it wasn't really a mystery it sort of turned into one and we were all like shocked by it I would have felt maybe more in tune to it because I don't know if I have a favorite season but I do like number one the most I don't know I don't want to say it's my favorite because I there's certain parts of season one that I don't like but of like what I've currently seen I do like it the most and I liked that it was a mystery but not really and it didn't seem like every episode was was contingent on like the same episode right before it um I like that it was a little bit more freeform versus 
this this has to happen, then this domino, then this domino, then this domino. And that's what season four felt like. It felt like there was no room for flexibility. It was very rigid. And I just did, that didn't seem my, like my Star Trek for me. Um, so I'm very excited to see what season five has. Because um, I really hope it's not another mystery. I would just like um, there to be maybe a little bit of a mix of Strange New Worlds with this um they've opened up the door to you know strange new world so i'm very let's go ahead and talk about this episode because <laughs> i i don't want to say too much you guys know you guys know how i am i am the one that's dead inside so on to the light of our of our podcast the angel of our podcast the good the good person of our podcast monica what is your first favorite moment or memory from season four okay so with season four, I really like the boxing scene <laughs> in All In. And that really showed a different side of Joanne and Michael that was fun. There was lots of other scenes within that casino scene. I was really good. I didn't like the, some of the other things that were happening on Discovery. Um, so that's why this is not my favorite episode. But <laughs> I really like that that cat and mouse, that chase, that hustle. It reminded me of like what I think Michael would have been like when she was a courier, like working these side okay. hustles, trying to get the dilithium to complete her mission or whatever. And that's the kind of Michael that I like. Um, and they were not following any Starfleet rules. And uh, they were able to get the job done. They were able to get the money. <laughs> so Anne was able to physically beat the guy down that she was boxing against. <laughs> so yeah, she showed her kickboxing moves. Um, she showed how agile she is, especially as a person that grew up without technology. And so her character has really evolved over time. We're learning a lot more about her. I'm looking forward to learning even more about her. But yeah, I thought that was a really cool episode. What did you all think about that? Or I should say scene. What did you think about the scene? I like that scene. I um it was it was nice. I, I agree with you that episode there were some flaws. <laughs> I was I think I remember correctly. I was pissed at the end of that episode. <laughs> um, but I did like the fighting scene. It's nice to see black girl power, black girl well, I won't say magic because we're in space. This is science. Black girl science. And fighting and techniques because they like to say women can't take down a man, but Joanne proved them all wrong. She took them all down. <laughs> yes, can't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> yes, Richard, what and do you think of that scene? It was great because she didn't just come in and win. You saw her struggle and get knocked down, mm -hmm. and and but uh, Michael kept believing in her, and you know wouldn't stop it and told her she wanted to go on. And so it was just like the same thing. You you could have put anybody in those scenes, male or female, and it would have went the same way. So I, I appreciate it that it was showing them that this is what you go through. It's, it was really a, a, a to lining up with life and the things they were going through. And that when, it's, when you keep getting knocked down, it's not about how hard you get hit, but how hard you get hit and get back up and and then come back on top. And that's what the best part of that scene was. I agree. I agree. Anything to add, Monique, before we move over on to Richards? Yeah, so just a little background information about that scene. Um, the writers 
listened to a few Star Trek Day interviews. Mm -hmm. And uh, the actress that plays Joanne mentioned that she had picked up kickboxing during the pandemic and that she, it was one of her new hobbies and they wrote it into the script. Oh, well, she can really <laughs> kick butt. Okay, yeah. <laughs> don't mess with that actress. <laughs> okay, well, Richard, let's go on to your first favorite moment or memory or what the me memorable, good or bad from season four. Um. It's the standoff on the Rubicon, because in that scene, Michael and Book are on odd sides, but they put someone in there, um, security officer non, to make sure that Michael doesn't let her emotions get the best of her. And she's fighting hard to not kill him, but he's damaging the ship. And now it's the act of war, and... He's and he's he he make if they're saying it's a game, but to everyone else it's a war. And but now, when when they put the torpedoes onto the ship and the shields go down to twenty percent, the whole crew is looking at her like, "Are you going to protect the ship or keep protecting your man?" Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and I mean it that scene really was like people probably were yelling at the screen, "Take him out! He shouldn't have put himself there in the first place." <laughs> you know, I mean, so that scene was like one of the most memorable scenes because you're like, okay, are you going to be the captain of the ship? Because if Michael, if, if, if Book wasn't on that ship, you would have destroyed that ship. And so it, it, it was just one of the things, and the security officer is there, like, hey, we're going we're gonna to take him out. <laughs> we can't keep waiting. So that was one of the, the whole standoff scene was going on and everybody is involved in it all the main characters involved in it. And it's just one of the most memorable scenes because you felt a certain way about the show then. You bought into the show and now you are picking a side. And you and either you're like, keep fighting for your for what what you believe in or take this dude out. I mean, so that's why it's the most memorable. She should have took him out. <laughs> <laughs> um no, because you're right. Cause it was a moment where she had to pick she had to pick her crew or pick her man. And at the end of the day, he broke the rules. Like, right. he broke the law. He almost killed your crew. This is no longer game, finding games. He gots to go. I'm sorry, Book. I apologize. But you picked the wrong side. What did you think was going to happen? Exactly. This is also why I'm single. Because <laughs> I'm quick to pull the trigger. <laughs> and they were ordering her to pull the trigger. They were telling her. I would have told her to. We can't afford this. It's gonna, it's gonna hurt us. It's gonna hurt Earth. It's gonna hurt Navarre. Everybody was gonna get hurt by this action, and she was making a serious miscalculation. She trusted him, but she kept miss. She didn't calculate Tarka in that equation. Because I could easily see if, 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 um, the Giorgio had been there, she'd have been like. Oh, Georgia would have knocked her out of the way. Oh, no. Oh. We're taking, we're taking talk. She would have said, we're taking talk out. She wouldn't even mention <laughs> Book's name. <laughs> oh, if Georgia was so, there, this would not even. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So it's just one of those things. It was a scene where people would have bought in and felt a certain way. So you said the most memorable scene, that's the one, that's the most memorable one. Monique, anything to add? I really like to see the return of Nan and into the into the the series i would also like to see them fill this void that they have right now with the security chief 
they need a permanent security chief, <laughs> whether it's none or someone else, find Georgia, bring her back. <laughs> but they need someone to uh, just to have this independent eye for checks and balances to to really, I don't know, keep an eye on Zora, to keep an eye on a lot of things uh, for for the crew and the Federation. Because they're in a whole new location, timeline. They're not sure of all of the things that's going on. They need someone there. Yeah, that's what's missing. And her whole little speech she gave, and she does a lot of stuff for the Federation off the books that we don't know what she's been up to. And mm -hmm. she she was like, well, did you meet your family? Yeah, it didn't work out. Well, what what happened? <laughs> I mean, so she did a whole bunch of stuff, you know, and they're like, oh, you did some cleanup in sector, whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's it. She is like the, pers the persona non grata. She is the one that is like the most interesting character. And she has, she just pops up. So I just think you're going to see her pop up more in the future. Well, Monica mentioned uh, Zora, and so that I'm going to use that as a little segue into my most memorable moment, memory, the thing I hated the most <laughs> from season four. And um, it was more in the episode of Stormy Weather and But to Connect, um, but Zora getting sentient. What is that crap? What what was that? I, no, mm -mm, we're done. This is over. Did you not learn from season three? No, the whole, no, it's not season three. Sorry, season two of the whole reason you came to the future. Like AI being sentient is dumb. It's not safe. They cannot understand human emotion. They may be able, like we can, we see in the way that Zora has the answers that the crew needs in, um, in stormy weather. And then also in, um, no, anyway, I think it is stormy weather and but to connect when yes. we see all of the different Federation members are coming in and like they're they're going to vote about going to 10 C like we're going to get the coordinates very shortly because Zora doesn't want to give it to them because <laughs> they have to they have to convince her to give the to give them the coordinates and it's her job and the thing is a computer doesn't understand if it's dangerous, I still have to do it. For them, it doesn't make sense. And so them giving Zora a conscience is going to bite them in the butt because I, it's a waste of a plot point for me. It's a waste of um, technology. It's a waste of a character's voice. I don't like any aspect of her having a conscience. Um, every time she gets emotional, the crew has to stop what they're doing and they have to talk the computer through the computer's job. Like they have to be emotional with the computer. And it's like, <sighs> this is not Star Trek. Stop this. this is, I don't care about your emotions. I don't care, Zora, that you're scared. You're a computer. Give me my coordinates. Do what I'm supposed to do. Get your job done. And I just feel like this is going to be an issue in, in future seasons with Zora officially joining Starfleet to have to take orders. What? What? I hate that entire storyline. I do not like Zora having a conscience. It's not going to work out well. That is my worst episode memory moment of season four. <laughs> Anything to add, guys? Yes, I, I agree with that I, part. Yeah. 
that part was you hit it spot on and really the take it further remember she changed her program <laughs> we were like what <laughs> like we used to the prime directive you know what i mean what happened <laughs> so i mean that was that was unbelievable and i mean i understand that she was now she's evolving you know she's a member of the crew so we will we whoo that was that was that was one that when i mean cuz you're so used to the captain telling the computer to do something and it does it and when it didn't you know it, it surprised issue. me yeah overhaul reset reset button <laughs> and i called in kovic the guy kovic came in to do that yes yeah what really broke my heart there is when they destroyed the mechanism to destroyer to uh to eliminate her like she made this like fail safe so that she, she could be deleted and uh they they destroyed that and i was like but that's your <laughs> that's your ultimate but what if she got into the wrong hands too what if like there's just a whole other side of this that i didn't like um i did not like that storyline at all parts of the episode i really loved but i i agree with you that took it to a really dark place for me ah totally so we have, before we go to break, we have time for one more memory moment. So, Monica, what is your second favorite memory moment from season four? So I'm going to flip and look at the other side of But to Connect. Okay. Because I really like the scene from, like, the diplomatic hearing, the assembly, in which they showed lots of other species um, participating in basically, you know, and um, voting for yeah. how to move forward. I was there was lots of surprises for me. I had no idea the Federation was not like focused on the Prime Directive at <laughs> this yeah. timeline. I thought that was a given, <laughs> but it seems like that's up for debate and that's up for a vote. <laughs> so it was interesting to see that, and that's really in Episode Seven. That's really when the Spark or the climax of the story occurred to entry to enter Tarka, Tarka's conflict into this and showing also how much he oversteps, manipulates book, manipulates other people like the president of the Federation looks like he he um, um, took advantage of Vance so that he could get access to the 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 test four drive. Like he, that's really when we started to see him being conniving and make his way to the top of that assembly so that everyone could hear his plan that he had not worked out the details. And then later on, we find out that the plan was, 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 didn't work, <laughs> wasn't going to work. <laughs> and he didn't share his pretense, the reason why he was doing this. So for me, the, the season really started, this story really started in episode seven. Um, with this, um, yeah, with this scene in the assembly. What did you all think about that scene? I will say Tarka, he was really good at being an a-hole. <laughs> like, he was really good at, he. that actor played his part well because I just wanted to slap him every time he came on my screen. Um, 
And it's very interesting because like we could always see through him and it's like other people could, but Book, like how he used and manipulated Book's like um, emotional frailty and his anger and his um, vulnerability during this time was like, Book, come on, like you're literally a con man. How are you getting conned? Um, it was very much he was the actor he played that part because I just wanted to slap him every time he came across my screen so I have to give props to that to Tarka he played his role well I hated him so much <laughs> Richard and, anything that yes because he was able to manipulate book because he saw book's flaw book like being right and throughout the whole show, Book is always want to be right. He always want to show Michael he's right. And even though Michael is always right, he wants to show her that he's right. And so in this situation was another situation in which Book wanted to destroy them, get revenge, you know. And then he it was it would Tarker was able to um, come in, and it, the 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 supporting part was why he was doing it for someone who already died, and that he wanted to go back in time, you know, he wanted to use his transport to go back in time when they were alive. You know, and so it was just like, man, those people are dead. You know, when we found out that those people were already dead, that that guy was already dead that he was trying to go back to, that was like, oh. I mean, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> so, yeah. So he, he was doing all this stuff. Yeah, and it was just like, just the power of his transporter. Just the power of his personal transporter, and so very selfish. And, yeah, so he when he blew up, even when <laughs> he even when he blew up the DMA, he was like, "Oh, hope it's enough power from a transport." <laughs> so anyway, that was a little disappointing for us, Zach. But there were but, a, a few quick lines in that episode that I picked up after rewatching it, after watching the whole season. Right, so mm -hmm. that's when I learned that General Nadoy was recently promoted to that general role. Yeah. She she's a newbie in leadership. And here she was voting <laughs> <laughs> as part of this for a whole planet, right? And the Titans, as well as the fact that then she her role in this carried on to the later missions in which she really messed things up, right? So <laughs> like if if it was someone that was more tenured in that position, then I think things would have gone a lot differently for um for for Earth, for for um also the DMA and species 10C. So yeah, so looking back on that, yeah, so she was a little too eager. <laughs> Very too, very much eager to prove how well she was for that position. It's awful. We know this, people. There's a lot more to discuss. So, on that note, don't go anywhere because we have, we have two more of memorable moments from Richard and myself. One more from Monica, and then we have to give our final thoughts on season four and where we think season five might go. So, don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Two. Hello, and welcome back to Trekkie and Beyond. Part two of our season recap of season four. Are you guys excited? Because we are. They are. I'm just here. So let's talk about it. Richard, let's start us off with your second favorite memorable moments, memory, episode, or whatever you want to talk about from season four. 
it was when Tilly and Michael said goodbye. And Aww. because, you know, they, they basically been with us the whole time and you see them both of them grow. But now um, they have to part ways. And, you know, they just, they just, I'm glad they took time out to do the scene. And I just thought it was funny how she had that pillow on her lap. You know, <laughs> maybe she's covering up, so I don't know. But, I, I don't know. <laughs> but that was a memorable scene because you're looking at two of the main characters who have been supporting each other. They were roommates. And now, you know, they're going, they, they, she, she knows that she wants to do something else. She doesn't want to keep flying in the stuff. She wants to teach. And so she's being called to teach. And Michael's being called to lead. So it's, it was just a memorable moment for two of the main characters. Okay, I have to give you that one. That was a nice scene. Because Tilly, Tilly has been my girl since season one. Love that chick. Um, Monica, what do you think? So I know I think when we talked about this episode, you had something to say about it too. Yeah, I believe that those characters have grown to be besties. And they have grown apart a little professionally, but that's okay. And they'll always be able to reconnect. Um, They noticed it instantly within each other. Um, I also noticed that those two characters have also grown a lot personally because there was a time in which Michael was mentoring Tilly. And then there became a time in which Tilly was mentoring Michael. And it's, and they mentor each other. Tilly became like the second in command while Michael was away on a May mission. We, we learned so much about uh, Captain Killy. So yeah, I, I understand our need to want to go explore something else and try something else new. And it was nice to see them reconnect on the screen. Yes. It would, it really was because when we met Tilly, she only wanted to be a captain. Like that's really where she wanted to be. And that was where her focus lied. Um, and she wasn't really sure about herself. And she, we could tell that she had a lot more growing to do. And then to turn into the person where other people want you to teach them when you're, when you can become a mentor to someone else, um, it shows a personal growth within yourself. Um, and it shows that other people are seeing you as a figure that can lead. Um, because Tilly was my adorable, annoying roommate in the very beginning of this of season one. It was like, okay, Tilly, you can stop talking now. And now it's just like, oh, Tilly, please don't ever stop talking because you add so much to every scene that you are in. Regardless if you are doing your um, ramblings, um, if you are doing a drunk Star, Tre- Star Trek fixing something because apparently they do that because they're that smart um Tilly was she is a great character so that was nice for them to have their their moments of goodbye so long farewell I'll see you again (laughs) bestie (laughs) um so moving on (laughs) to my I guess best episode um I couldn't really think of my favorite episode or my best episode. So I'm going to say it was one of the episodes that I disliked the least. Um, and it was the examples. Um, <laughs> and this is the one where Michael and Book, um, they are basically on the planet of a con of a uh, colony of a old um emerald chain colony. 
and they are evacuating everyone. And I don't know why, when I was going through and I was looking at all the episodes and I was rereading the synopsis, trying to figure out which one I wanted to talk about, I liked and disliked this episode, but for me, this felt like the most Star Trek episode of the season, almost like, mm-hmm. um, where it was like an away mission where it wasn't so, like, it was solely b- based on the big mystery, but while they were on the planet, it felt like it was a whole nother episode. It felt like they were just worrying about this one current problem and we weren't stuck in the middle of a season long mystery <laughs> that we just needed the next clue in the puzzle for. Um, it felt like while they were just working on the problems and trying to get the person, the prisoners out, um, it just was a mental break from the current problem while they were on the planet, while they were on discovery. That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother story, <laughs> but I did like that. I did like this episode, the examples. Um, I still, still say it was dumb of that guy to keep that little magical tree thing. It was very annoying. I don't understand why he just didn't find some way to get it to the girl beforehand. Neither here nor there. I still liked the episode. So that was my, um, that was my favorite one. Any thoughts on that, guys? Well, thinking back to that episode, Zora also created a tree with her family. And that's when I thought I started to think, <laughs> this is getting a little weird, a little awkward. <laughs> yeah, she did. Wait, was it this episode or was it the next episode? I think oh, it was. Oh, like, okay. <laughs> I, no, I but you're right. It's based off of this episode because Michael then made hers. Right. And then Zora made. Oh my God. Yeah, right. I forgot about that. <laughs> Um, and I understand Michael wanting to make her family tree because of, uh, the fact that she was adopted and, uh, then like, and her family's evolved and now they're in the future. So our family has grown to include the ship, the, the rest of the crew. But, um, I agree with you. The other things that were happening while they were on discovery in this episode was like a little sketchy for me, but I, I, Totally agree with you that the away mission to that planet had a really nice moral undertone to it that I appreciate it. And the fact that all life should be valued and the fact and that um, the mayor or governor or whatever didn't want to um, rescue them. And that was. (laughs) And the the mayor, I know he was a star in in a couple other shows, but when he was saying they're worthless, you know, they're, they're worthless. They are criminals. They're not, it's not worth saving. And then he said, this is what made it the Star Trek part. We can't save them. We can't get to them. It's too late. All the people that run it are, are, are already, you know, ready to be transported up. And then to have uh, Michael say, well, we're going down there. <laughs> well, that's what made it Star Trek because now it, it's, it's what they're there to do, you know, um, all life is precious. So then they have to break into the prison, right? They have to figure that out, come up with a way to disengage that first security, and then they run into the next security <laughs> event inside the prison, and then they do the biometrics. Then they get in. This was the dumb part because they spent so much time talking when they could have been walking. But anyway, uh, <laughs> you know, you're yelling at the screen, let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Already. And then they get locked in. Oh, we're locked in too. What do you think was going to happen? 
to be so smart. I mean, anyway, that was just that that just drove me crazy. Like you did all that to get in, and now we're wasting time talking. I mean, hey, we you can tell me this on the ship. <laughs> but I also think when you see an episode like that, when they go save someone, because they did this before, um, with the guy that had the that was the slave. Uh, and in the blockchain, there was this, this, this slave that the was blue. They did this before. They saved someone who comes back later and plays an important role. Mm-hmm. And so I say, anytime they go out of their way to save some people, that one of those people is going to have be in a role later on. Well, I was also thinking maybe because she was a prisoner in recent past, she was an inmate, so she could also connect to that. Yeah. Like, and worked her way up the captain, so. Good choice, Andrew. Oh, yeah. So, moving on, Monica, what is your third and final memorable moment from season four? Okay, so circling back to But to Connect, at the very end of the episode, Saru presented (laughs) the president of Navarre with a plant, a flower, and I was hooked, and I was like, oh, I think Saru is living his best life right now. That he has worked his way up from rags to riches. That's he was true. a refugee a long time ago. <laughs> and Giorgio helped save him from the Ba'ul, from um, from the Baharai. And then he worked his way up, learned like, I don't know, a lot of languages, over 90 languages. And he was he's been so useful in not only this mission, but also helping out um, Palomar and um, mentoring Sukal. He's now like an ambassador, an elder. Uh, so he he can leave Discovery or Starfleet at any time. Um, so although I was worried at first about how I would feel about Saru stepping down as captain, I like the fact that he's also has is it finding himself in other ways, both with mentoring Sukal and then also relationships outside of the Federation. And um, you go, boy. I think you're, he's doing a great job. If there's any character I would like to insert myself into it would be Sukal. <laughs> Sorry, it would be <laughs> it would be Saru. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing where that the relationship goes. Okay, so I agree that Saru is living his best life. I don't care about the relationship with, with the president of our. I still no bestie. They could be bestie to the end of life. I just don't see that. I don't see a relationship there. Um, but yes, you're right, Saru. He has grown on me because I think in season one I was like, dude, you don't go somewhere. <laughs> He has become one of my favorite characters um, from going from, dude, you keep talking and I need you to stop to, okay, Saru, I see you. I mean, I still don't want you with the president of our, I just don't see that romance connection between them. I know you do, but we all know I'm dead inside. So maybe it's just going over my head and everyone else is seeing it. But I agree. Yeah. Saru, he is living his best life. Richard, anything to add? Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? She made the first move. And I said, man, she likes that big brain. Anyway. 
Vulcan wedding. <laughs> or a Kelpian <laughs> wedding. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, who knows? He's, I mean, he, they don't use rings, but he could put a necklace on it and they can make a commitment. I don't know. I'm excited. <laughs> a lot of mind melding going on. <laughs> Moving away from romance. <laughs> Richard, what is your third and final uh, memorable moment from season four? Book is gone on. Thank goodness. He's gone. I want to see Bruno. I want to see her be the captain as we always see the captains. Love them and leave them. All right. <laughs> Get back to basics where you making calls without someone looking at you got something else to say. I mean, she's been enough to that through this season. It started out with the president. I mean, and now it's like it was all through the whole thing. And burn my butt. I was like, every time I was like, no, you're the captain of the ship. You do what I'm telling you to do. That's why we didn't like it with the computer. I didn't like it with book. I didn't like it with uh, the the president of the, the leader of the federation. I'm like, hey, when the when the captain makes a call, everybody says yes, captain. And so they send him on. They they sent several people on. It's time to go, and so now, it's it's they were ready to fly. So I'm like, hey, <laughs> and so now we're ready, I, and that's why. I, and so that was my most memorable thing. Like finally, that's what I said earlier. It was like the last two seasons. This was book one, season two, book two, and so now, he's on. He's gone. <laughs> so I okay. So I'm not upset that he's gone, um, because. Like he did break the law. Like there was no way he was getting out of it. Like he had to go. Like he had to have to face some type of punishment. And you are right that um she is a type of captain. Like her word doesn't always seem final. And she's very much taking other people's thoughts into consideration. Not that that's a bad trait, but sometimes you do need to have the final say. And we were seeing that book. Why was Book still on the ship for so long? I feel like I wouldn't be so annoyed with him if he wasn't on the ship for so long. Um, like, why are we hosting your ship on the ship, Book? Um, it, distance makes the heart grow fonder. And you're not putting any distance there. So I I, I am, I, I agree. I think I'm happy that Book is gone for a season or two, hopefully. Monica, what do you think? I really like Book. And I, um, I hope his character returns because also I think it would be really cool if the, if Michael and Book reunited after her captainship, because I think she has had such a past that's hard to find someone else to connect with between like spending time in jail and everything else, she, I think it would really be hard to find another bond like she had with Book. And now that Book is, is um, going through rehabilitation and um, a, like a potential work release program like her, like they've had, they're even developing more uh, connections and similarities than their past. I can only imagine the two of them with each other. And you said the correct thing after the captainship, because Georgia told her it was a weakness. Yeah. And she has to let it go, you know, and he'll be there later after the captainship, you know, and, and that's what I'm getting at is that 
you you saw it, it was just some things you have never seen um really her the starship captain cry in front of their crew look they would go off to their ready room or go <laughs> but i was just like no we can't have this <laughs> i'm like yes it's emotional have we not seen a captain cry in front of the crew before? But even if they did, I well, I'm just saying that it's a leadership thing. But anyway, but she was he was he was everything Giorgio said he was gonna do to her, he did. And and she was tough on her, but she was telling her that it was a weakness. And so that was one of the things she they had to let it go so that she would become who she's supposed to be. We've never seen a starship captain really grow up. In front of our eyes and go through all this. They may have all gone through this. We just never seen it. Well, so we've, we've never seen a captain work anyone work their way up to captain. They've always yeah, started yeah. out as captain. So yeah. <laughs> well, except they, some people argue well when they they rebooted it with Kirk, but hey. <laughs> well. I'm going to, on that note, I'm going to go into my final moment because we can get into a whole debate about that. And so we're going to move on. <laughs> so my final memorable moment, uh, memory from season four, and I'm going to be honest, I forgot about this episode till like literally we were recording like right now. Um, the episode Choose to Live, the one where um, Michael and Tilly are catching the killer of a Starfleet officer. And when I say I remembered it on this episode, I remembered it as I was telling you my last episode, my last memorable moment. Um, because this also felt like a away mission. Um, we see Michael's mother comes back, and Michael's mom. I have to say this: I thought the act, I thought they were just like playing the actress, like you know, she just doesn't love her daughter. But I saw the same actress who plays the mother on a different show, and she acts the exact same way. So I was like, you just. <laughs> like you don't give a crap <laughs> do you <laughs> this is that's just the way i guess you emote so maybe you do care about your daughter and that's just the way the actress emotes because i definitely was like you don't be giving your daughter anything you be going to the limb for everyone else but your child sometimes um so it was very interesting um because seeing her on the other show made me like like her more on star trek because i'm like okay you're the same type of person um but this episode, we got to see a little bit more of a world in space without a mis without the mystery of the DMA. Um, we got to learn about an alien race. Even though, again, it's smart people making dumb decisions with um, the secret member order, like just killing people for um, the, the dilithium instead of just like, hey, your daughter is a Starfleet captain. Can you get me some dilithium so I can save this ancient alien race? Instead of like going through proper channels or even like sneaking a better way, we just went straight to murder, um, which was stupid. I did like this episode and I can't believe I forgot about it to literally while we we're recording. <laughs> um, so I have to say, I did like Choose to Live. What did you guys think of that episode? I did not like the ending because yes, basically she got off. Yeah. And the tough thing is that Michael was trying to fight for her to serve some time, but yes. Michael is, that's not your job. That's not your role. Stay in your lane. Um, but but like, is it not though? She killed a Starfleet officer, but we're not, that's not the time for this debate. <laughs> no, but she has to judge jury. She, 
Yeah. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> no, I agree but, with that. Yes, yes. Definitely not. Yes. <laughs> but, um, I I like the fact that uh, Gabrielle was definitely in that scene. I I like. I like. I don't think they always have to bring her back every season. A little worried about that, and I hope there's more in, intention there. Um, but maybe they were just also leading up to the fact that there's the future rehabilitation. Imprisonment is more like rehabilitation, and the Emerald Chain has a different had like a. I don't know, imprisonment with cages and they weren't learning about their mistakes and being able to move on. And a federation moves differently. Navarre moves differently. And that's the path that they've taken also with books. So maybe they were kind of leaning, like helping to guide us into to that part of the storyline. Uh, I believe that they felt she still had use and that she would be useful and that their ways were... Uh, you had to commit a lot that her reasons for doing what she was doing mattered a lot, you know, saving a species and that, in that scene. And, but I have to say that that was the most emotion I saw her mom really show her <laughs> in the scenes that in, at the end when she was um, basically uh, um, wishing her good fortune in the as she goes on when they were separating again. Because, um, but after when that 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 was a great thing, choose to live because it 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 was uh, for everybody on the show. It was a thing about choosing how they're going to live, you know. And they talked about when one path ends, and that's what the mother said. When you at the end of a sword of a co-op, when you at the end of the sword, you know that path has come to an end. Mm-hmm. And everybody's not at the, at the proverbial sword, but it's so to speak, you know that that path ends and now you must choose to live a different way or take a different path. And that was a really poignant part of the choose to live because we're all thinking, oh, it's life or death, but really it could be just the track you're on. Choose to live something else because you're called for something better. Yeah. One more thing. In that episode, I really like the fighting scenes. Oh, they I were amazing. It, oh. <laughs> yeah, they, I think it opened up with action. It did. And I think that Discovery does that better than the Strange New World. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that. But there's a lot of, um, I, I don't know, physical action. Yeah, there's that... more hand-to-hand combat in Discovery. And Strange yeah. New Worlds is more about phasers. Yes. Yeah. I agree. I agree with you. Okay, guys, well, we are coming to the end of this episode. Um, So we're going to go ahead and do our wrap up, our final thoughts, and where we think this season may be going next. So, Monica, you can go first. Your final thoughts. Overall, time and time again, Discovery does not disappoint with drama. There's always drama, 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 big, bold drama. (laughs) (laughs) And um, they always seem to have to save the galaxy, the universe. (laughs) A lot of pressure there. (laughs) No pressure. Um, Just all the pressure. (laughs) I I hope we move away from that. That's like, there's just so only so much of that you could take before like Hugh just has a meltdown. (laughs) <laughs> from stress <laughs> and the rest of the crew not just you but uh it's it's I love the action we can just scale it back a little bit 
it's okay. It's okay. We could scale it back. A little less drama, a little less like <laughs> we don't have to see whole planets explode. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and I hope we got get to see them have a little fun uh, with some shirley's. We hope to see that. I want to see Tilly in the academy. I want to see Jet more, more, more Jet. Consistently, <laughs> consistently, absolutely, and more um, species, more a lot more variety. That's where I hope it goes to next. Richard, well, I I believe that. Um, something was mentioned earlier that definitely going to have to do is have a security officer or bring in someone who is like a veteran of Starfleet that is that person, you know, that that is that person on the on 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 the leadership team, and um, it's I believe that they're going to have some new characters that the cadets we saw in this episode will now become ensigns and um, be assigned. And and because you you know you want to learn more about them because they they had a couple good episodes and I think it's going to grow in that way. Um, I really uh, I like the way they do it. I would just love to them be more consistent with now that Michael doing a, doing the star date when it comes on and say what 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 is going on instead of just throw you into it like we're heading here we're heading towards this. Oh, this is what we're. This is where to give you a kind of direction because you're kind of in the show figuring out what's going on, where they can just give you a little bit in the beginning, and then um, that they're on the new mission, you know. But I just believe, like you said, they're going deeper, and they're going to discover something, and then have to end up saving the world from what they just discovered. And um, but I, what I really love about the show is that even it's called Star Star Trek Discovery. But what I found out is that they always discover more about the mission they're on. They discover more about each other, and they discover more about themselves. And 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 you really see that in the in the writing of the show and the building of the characters, and it doesn't disappoint. So on that note, I want them to stop that and discover <laughs> space. <laughs> For my final thoughts. Um, because you're right. This this has been a discovery of like who they are, and it's like an internal discovery. And I would like to flip that because the end of the season, we have has shown them that they can travel outside of the known galaxy. Um, that there are other alien species out there that they're not aware of. I would like that this would be a jumping off point, um, to going where no other ship has gone before <laughs> to travel further and farther and to actually go about their name and discover more of space. Um, I would love for the incense that we saw the cadets to be the new incense to be a little bit, a little bit more lifeblood into the, to the show. Um, I would like some emotion taken out. I would like some heartfeltness taken out and I would like it to be Monica, stop shaking your head at me. <laughs> um, I would like for it to not be so factored around, how are you feeling? Because I don't really care. I need. I, I want to see the action. I want it to be fact. I want it to be centered around some action. And I would hope that season five. I think I've been saying this since season one that there's not another season long mystery. Or if it has to be a mystery, can it be part one and part two, not a full thirteen episode season long mystery? 
please. I am begging you. I just, I want fun. And I feel like sometimes these episodes, when it's, everything has to be so connected and in a line and everything has to be shown, it's not as fun to watch. It's more of a assignment because you need to know what's happening. So please, please. Can we go back? Can we do? Can we do a mix of season one and season and Strange New World? If we do, if we can go back to the formula of like season one, where it was like there was a mystery, but like it wasn't, but there was, and then like throw in the way how Strange New Worlds has random away missions, throw that in there, and they're discovering, and they can just mix that in together and somewhat be season five. Monique is looking at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> You guys should, if you're listening to this on Spotify, you should always watch this on YouTube because the facial expressions that she gives me give me life, so. <laughs> Anything to add, guys, before we log off for the season? This is fun. I always look forward to the season finales because, <laughs> as we stated, this is basically a 13-hour movie. It is. <laughs> and so then we get a chance to put all these pieces of the puzzle together and debrief or vent about it <laughs> and i look forward to these thank you and it it was just it's just like they had a little bit of uh surprises in there like one of one of the ships for anybody that's a real trekkie was you heard it was the u.s janeway you know because there was a captain janeway and i was like oh wow they're naming the ships after the captains that we know <laughs> and uh when they turned the little sign around with the starship saying believe all is possible. I was like, oh, see, they were putting little things in it throughout the throughout the season that you were like, oh man, that was great. You know? And and so I like the little tie-ins and the tie the uh, the the innuendos that they were doing throughout the uh episodes, throughout the season. Always nice to tie it back. That's nice. Well, thank you everyone for listening to us, for joining us. If you're watching us on YouTube, if you listen to us on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts, thank you so much. And as always, I'm Andrea. I'm Anika. And I'm Richard. Oh, sorry. (laughs) And live long and prosper. prosper. Hey guys, it's Andrea. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Trekkie and Beyond. If you enjoyed that episode, feel free to subscribe by pressing that small little follow button. And if you feel so inclined to support, well, that's even better. And as always, live long and prosper.